From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Rachel Levine thing is a four-star admiral. Can anybody just be an admiral? You don't have to be in the military? She spent her, I guess, you know, I'm so confused. The XY chromosome spent her existence as a pediatrician and a political whore. That's all. A sycophant to the American Marxist mafia. Now she's a four-star admiral. I mean, I'll tell you what. That's a, it's a weird, weird time in America. That's for certain. But um, we made... National news again, Chicago. You wouldn't believe it. It turns out that our police problem, as we're losing cops by the minute, we pretend that we don't have 1,043 less than we did a year ago prior to the receding hairline, dressed like a detective, Lori Lightfoot's contest with the uh, police union as more and more flee every day. Front page of the Drudge Report, not that I like to look at it, but I do look at it from time to time. Indiana to Chicago cops, no vaccine, no problem. Indiana State Police make an offer to Chicago police who are being squeezed out of their occupation due to divulging their vaccine status. They're forced to take the experimental vaccine as they are dropping out of the Chicago Police Department. They are welcomed in Indiana. Kind of reminds me of all of the people that have made that jump on their own and what it's going to do to devastate the future of a once great city. And the only problem with it is Democrats. Simple. The only problem with it is the corrupt Marxist mafia. Yet the problems seem to be forever going, and it is not stopping the scum corporatist frauds pretending to be developers and i don't just mean the one that threw Lori lightfoot her five thousand dollar a plate fundraiser in winnetka as all of this calamity is happening as major retailers are leaving as 7-eleven seems to be the new ghetto cash station as the murders are up and the carjackings are up and the shootings and the mayhem and the police leave there's still massive amounts of cheese welfare to developers we're moving forward with the 3.8 billion dollar one central by soldiers field which will soon be hosting nothing but soccer events as even the bears are smart enough to get the hell out of that sewer of chicago and who underwrites all of that the poor people the third of the country that's who this show is for by the way the third that make the world go around, not the welfare roaches, not the corporatists, not the corrupt Marxist mafia. There's only a third of us that are actually functioning and worth our salt in this country. The rest are tagalongs, criminals, and roaches. That's just the way it is. And they're winning. Yet the money is going to build a new development around Soldier's Field. You almost have to love how outright corrupt and arrogant, and fraudulent the Chicago Democrat Party is. Yet I don't hear a peep from the 50 aldermen, not a peep, 
about how $3.8 billion in welfare funds from federal, local, and on the rest of it can go to very hand-picked developers to create a new luxury center, and they have to build it in the lake. And that's not even being mentioned as the people that made that city go around are being murdered carjacked, and their businesses being destroyed even along the magnificent, not anymore, on the shabby mile, once referred to as the magnificent mile. Magnificent mile and police warning. Those phrases don't go together that often, but tonight, an alert for businesses on Chicago's Prime Avenue. Our Tara Molina is always investigating and joins us live along the famed shopping street. Tara, this could stop some new companies from moving into... I, I, I like the siren in the background. That's not added by me. That's just the reality of failure. Vacant storefronts. Erica, experts tell us there's already that hesitation. And it's not only because of the continued robberies and thefts here on the Mag Mile and across the downtown area, but because there's a perception right now that Chicago just isn't a safe place to be. It's not a perception. It's a realization. Let's, let's call out the words here because they're not using them by accident. They don't want you to realize exactly how bad it is. The last thing they want you to know is that Indiana is welcoming our law enforcement. And you know what? They'd be stupid not to go. You'd be stupid not to go. You'd be way better off in Indiana. Way better off. This entire stretch, vacant and locked up, telling of the struggle on the city's mag mile. Where retailers are up against more than vacant neighbors. I think it does not help in terms of the recovery for downtown Chicago. According to the president and CEO of the Illinois Retail Merchants Association. Uh, the, the impression around the nation is that Chicago is not a very safe place to be. With continued robberies on the mile and in the area, Chicago police issuing a warning about suspects only described as young men in their teens robbing items on display. With no one in custody, the robberies are still under investigation. It's a serious problem and we have to address it. Alderman Brian Hopkins says the impact on the city is much bigger than the police warning. The commercial brokers tell us that when they get a potential interest from a tenant, that's one of the first questions they ask is what's happening in Chicago to stem the tide of organized retail shoplifting rings um, that have been operating with impunity downtown. And we don't have a good answer right now for that. So with all of this going on, with the once great magnificent mile in chaos, how in the world are developers leveraging banks and different welfare programs, both federal, state, and local, to create a new city, a new luxury development outside Soldier's Field of $3.8 billion? And the answer is because it's all corrupt. The banks and the money bundlers that have been extending bonds to a bankrupt, corrupt city are in on this swindle. But it's not just continued issues on and around the Mag Mile causing concern. With at least three 7-Elevens hit during the Monday morning commute by crews of armed robbers. I think we have to look at uh, prosecution. Clearly there is, uh, appears to be a feeling running through the criminal elements that they, there are no real consequences here. Because Kim Fox works for the gangster disciples and every roach gangbanging scumbag. She's running cover and she's protecting him. And what are you going to do about it? Aldermen know it. Business owners know it. The voters know it. And what are you going to do about it? Remove her. 
This is the point. Remove her. This is obvious to even Democrats, which is truly achieving something. Obvious to even Democrats. Now, if we could only make them realize the kind of money that's being swindled behind their back for these pay-to-play scheme developers. Pay-to-play scheme developers. How does a mayor riddled in such scandal and failure drive out to Winnetka to have lawyers and developers and scumbags all the way around pay $5,000 a plate for her re-election campaign in all of this failure, all of this obvious failure where even states next door are marketing themselves to our police. Look to the courts. Uh, and I think uh, we have to, uh, you know, just look to all the players in, in this uh, in, in this drama uh, to get Chicago back to what it once was. You're not going to get it back to what it once was until you get rid of the problems that made it like this. The Kim Foxes, the Lori Lightfoots, the gangster aldermen like Ed Burke. Where is his trial? Anybody want to know what's going on with that? How about Mike Madigan? Is he living in the castle in Ireland? Or is he out with the dailies at the stray dog getting drunk as they hit on hookers? Which one is it? It's despicable that we pretend that this isn't going on right in front of our eyes. Alderman Hopkins said something along those same lines about a hesitant to prosecute in these retail theft cases. So we reached out to the state's attorney's office today. Haven't heard back from them yet. As for vacancies... Does the state's attorney get to handle questions from our media in the same way gangsters do? This is the same thing John Gotti did. I don't want to talk to you. You work for us, peanut head Kim Fox. You can't get one of your ghost job recipients to give us a statement on your incompetence, failure, and or corruption as I see it. Here on the Mag Mile, a big one still. Macy's and Water Tower empty. We're told there's no plans for anybody to move in there anytime soon. And you may have heard that the Neiman Marcus building down the street just sold. But I just talked to their corporate spokespeople. They say they plan to stay here in Chicago. So yeah, some- they're going to move up to Winnetka so that the crooked developers can buy gifts for both their wives and their girlfriends they have put in the condos. That's what's going to happen. Why would any business move to Chicago? Why would anybody stay there of means? Or is it there's there's so many people in on the corruption that they're depending on those people to just tough it out? And what I really want to know is, what what would you do if you were a business owner in Neiman Marcus, in Macy's, in Walgreens? What would you do? Would you plan to expand? Would you stay or would you leave? I think the answer is very obvious. And I'm more concerned with why don't the good citizens of Chicago and Cook County and Illinois, for that matter, demand that Kim Fox be removed. Otherwise, you know what's going to happen? Some shady scumbag developer who married into the Kennedy family or whatever way they got their little clout system is going to throw a $5,000 plate fundraiser for Peanut Head Fox and the welfare roaches will turn out and vote for her. Or she will run her ads in churches even though it's illegal because they are not held to standards or law. So the only way they're going to learn, in my opinion, is when the good people stop taking it and start demanding removal from office. This type of corruption and failure, this chaos that the city is being thrown into, this removal of law enforcement officers, the last stand between honest citizens and predators who Kim Fox works for. When this is breached, 
It is Escape from New York. Now, I don't know how many of you are named Snake Pliskin. However, I do know that's what you're going to have to start living like. 312-642-5600 when I get back. Bonnie, I want you to remind me later in the show that I'm calling stock market crash. I'm calling implosion. Remind me to explain that later on. In the meantime... So what happens if the city is short on officers? At least three suburban counties say their departments will not be helping out. A statewide law enforcement coalition told suburban police officials on Monday that the city could need help in an emergency should officers be taken off the job over the mandate issue. The Chicago Tribune reports the agency clarified this was only in case of serious catastrophic emergency, not routine duty. The Kendall County Sheriff told the Trib this was a self-induced emergency for Mayor Lightfoot. The DuPage County Sheriff tells us outside of a legitimate emergency, that office will not send officers to Chicago. And the Kane County Sheriff had a more detailed response, saying in part, quote, I believe the polarization between the community and police is only reinforced by current Chicago politics. I will not send my personnel to Chicago unless an officer is under direct duress because I cannot support this slanted agenda. Bingo. Let them feast of their own doing. Let them deal with the mayhem they've created. The problem is good people pay. Bad ones, they seem to come out on top. And I don't just mean peanut head Kim Fox. Teresa, Northside. Hey, Sean. Um, I live on the 1100 block of North Lakeshore Drive. Don't I've lived say here before. That. Don't say I know, that. right? Well, right, I just, I just did, but I'm, I'm getting out. <laughs> good, good. Anyway, Hope, um, hopefully by 530. Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, no kidding. Um, same building, same landlord, same unit. And when I, I knew I was leaving Los Angeles and coming back to Chicago, I immediately called the building, found out my original landlord was still there. My same unit would be available by the time I got back from L.A. And now I, I was so happy, I almost bought it. I almost bought it. And, and I know, but I didn't. But I didn't. So now I'm getting out. And Good for you. I, I, I have to. I just have to. I mean, it, it's not safe to live anywhere in this city anymore. Bingo. That it says isn't. it all. And, Teresa, the good news is if you change your mind in the next 20 years, it'll still be available. Rich and Niles. Oh, hi. Uh, listen, what I'm calling about is that nobody seems to care. Uh, a year, about a year ago, we had paying a tax of one and a quarter percent on food. Yeah. And then they bumped it up to two and a quarter percent. Nobody complained. There's ten and a quarter percent of everything else. Nobody complained. I wanted to vote against Brett Winkle. I went to vote. And the only person that was running for president of Cook County was Brett Winkle. There was no Republican listed. There was no independent listed. There was nobody else. Rich, listed. well, you were making a living and raising your family and earning your food and being a good citizen. The politics has become the mafia. It's a shame because Niles was a great place, and I'm sure you raised a wonderful family there and did very well. You know why nobody complains, Rich? Because the food stamp program was kicked up 27% by Joe Biden. People on food stamps don't care about tax increases. Thank you very much, Rich. I'm sorry. Breaks my heart to hear you. Breaks my heart that you're suffering. But that's what happens when you let a politics become an organized crime mafia like the Chicago Democrats. The good people are the ones that suffer. Mike in Westmont. Yes, hello, Sean. Yes. Thanks for accepting the call. Listen, my, my point was, uh, you know, we're at the lowest point uh, with uh, COVID right now since July of this last year. 
which is prior to this mask mandate, yet we're still under it. I think we're being set up for uh, mail-in voting again. And I'll tell you, I, I run a restaurant. It has negatively impacted the business. <laughs> and we can't seem to get, I used to have a conga line going out my lobby. Yeah. I, I rarely have more than half a dozen, three, four. That's, that's a crowd now in Mike. the lobby. Here's the thing. If, if, if this was presented in the actual way it affected the American people, nothing would have happened. However, the, the pseudo-intellectual government supremacist would have been, remained minute in power. They took, this, they took the advantage of this government-invested flu, and they capitalized on it. And now our country is run like a classroom. We are the students, and they are the teachers. They have all the power, and we have very little. We can't even go to the bathroom without a hall pass or open our business without permission. So for them to give this up, Mike, it will not happen, brother. And I feel terrible for you. But my advice to you is to do what my dear friend did. Ignore it. Ignore it. Hey, open I up and advertise. You put a sign on your door that says, Marxist Mafia members stay out and your business will quadruple. Believe me, I didn't expect it to happen to my cigar store. That was accidentally the greatest marketing thing I ever did. We are the ones that make the world go around, and we'll save your business. So cater to us, ignore the restri restrictions and rules, make it a safe space for people who want to be free, and I think you'll be very successful, Michael. And I hope you the best uh, of luck. Thanks a lot, Sean. Bye. Thank you. Brian Oaklawn. Hi, Brian. Brian? Sean. Yes. Sean. Hey, I, I love your show. Thank you, Brian. I listen every day. Wonderful. That's what I need. Keep doing it. Tell your friend. Hey, I'm stuck on grid, gridlock traffic on 294 right now, but when my uh, my comment was, you know, if they're going to drive down our property values and everything else with, with all the stuff that they're doing, why don't we all just stop paying our mortgages for a couple months? Oops, I forgot. You know, send them a signal, I, right? Well, I, Brian, there's I've something been thinking to about be, this for a while. There's something to be said there. Do the math. Do you have anything left? It, it, will the mistakes that they make continue to? Do you know what rich people call that? You know what Pritzker's inner circle calls that? That's called a strategic default. Did you know that? And did you know how many of the rich people in Chicago in Pritzker's circle, the campaign contributors to Democrats, did exactly what you just suggested people do in 2008? You know how many of them were affiliated with banks that were linked to corrupt Democrat scum, like the one who will be your next secretary of state? And it still worked out for them. So don't think I'm going to give you the advice to be a good man in a crooked world anymore, because I'm not. Because what I saw in 2008 was the scum profit and the good people lose money. Sad part is most good people pay their stuff down or pay it off, and they tend to lose the most. But for you, to this, to this point, I don't know. I don't know. You're better off, I think. We, gotta, we, gotta, we all got to do it. We all got to do it. Yeah. We all got to well, join together and do it. Yeah, I mean, how much property can the Table of Wisdom LLC buy at the tax auction from the crooked banks? I mean, you know, I don't know how much they could acquire, but I'm sure they'll get their full. Thank you very much, Brian. James Dyer, Indiana. Hey, Sean. Love your show. Love your fearlessness. You. Tell you what, my social credit score probably dropped about six points because I called you. Yeah, and I true. really couldn't care less. I feel the same uh, way. What I did want to ask, has anybody thought about reaching out to John Catanzaro and trying to set up a GoFundMe for some of these Chicago cops that are uh, uh, home without pay, suspended? Because I sure as hell would chip in for that. Isn't that a wonderful idea? I'll tell you what. Bunny, my producer, actually knows him. And uh, 
we'll see what we can muster up. Thank you very much, James. I appreciate it, and it's good intentions. I'll be back, 312-642. Actually, I have a guest coming back, but I'll take your calls after the 505 hour. We'll be back after this. Bad enough when local Democrats destroy a once great city, great county, and great state. When the national morons do it, it's something else. Yeah, oil is $84 a barrel, more than, way more than double when it was during the election day, on election day. Gas at the pump, which is the way most people think of it, has doubled since election day. They say it's inflation, but what it, what it really is is that your dollar is weaker than Joe Biden's libido, and pretty soon you'll all be walking around with that Jill Biden look on your face. I wanted to bring in Harris Alec, reporter for the Washington Times, covering Congress and energy issues, to discuss the future. Harris, how are you? Sean, thank you so much for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Um, there's certainly a lot to discuss with the future. Right now in D.C., it looks as murky as it possibly can be. Um, this $3.5 trillion social welfare and climate change bill has been whittled down to about $2 trillion, but there's absolutely no agreement on what the top-line numbers are going to be. There's no agreement on what sort of programs are actually going to remain in it. Um, Senator Joe Manchin and Senator Kristen Sienema are making a lot of um, strong red lines. Just two hours ago, Senator Sienema said that she would not support repealing the Trump-era tax cut. Um, Senator Manchin has already come out and said that he's not going to support a clean electricity standard. But um, there's still a significant amount of spending in this bill, and I think that's what's being lost in the conversation here is if you go down from $3.5 trillion to $2 trillion, it's still a lot of money, and it's still going to be a lot of money that's going to fund a lot of entitlement programs, a lot of climate change programs. And This is not a moderate bill by any means, even though in the past 24 hours, uh, the way the media has been reporting about it, you really couldn't tell. Harris, you know what it is to me? It's an admission that though the government is reaping record revenues, it's never brought in more money than it has. You know, every month it sets a new record, a new record. Now you had old lady face Mitch McConnell that said, all right, look, I'll give you another month, which I think was a huge mistake. But he also gave a very specific number. It shows me that the government and the, the Ponzi scheme we're calling an economy needs $800 billion a month just to break even, just to run. I don't get caught up in what I think is kabuki theater. I think Manchin is still that guy that was in the back of the convertible with Joe Biden and Robert Byrd waving to the idiots in the in the crowd. I think cinema might be a little aggravated that she was followed into the commode. However, I think when push comes to shove, they will step and they will fetch and they will support something. And the way in which they we've allowed these Enron mathematicians who write these so-called proposals is that once it's implemented, it's there forever. And you can't even burn it out like a tick. And all we're doing is playing with numbers. Have I just become too pessimistic, Harris Alec? No, I think you're absolutely right. I think, you know, um, I, th I think you'd, you'd be surprised how many pessimists there are in Washington, D.C. who share that exact same opinion. But it's certainly one that a lot of people share. I think the assumption has always been that Senator Manchin and Senator CNM are going to come, uh, you know, fall in line to some sort of deal. Maybe it's not going to be exactly what someone like Bernie Sanders wants, but it's going to be enough for President Biden to go out there and to wave around the fact that he has a massive accomplishment. Again, $2 trillion is still a lot of money. It buys a lot of entitlement programs. It buys a, um, a lot of inflation as well. 
But I think more broadly, what you're obviously saying is that there is a significant debt issue in this country. It's one that has never really been addressed and doesn't necessarily seem like it's going to be addressed. But more problematically, I think what we're seeing right now is that the clock is running out on Democrats to really strike a deal here. And they, um, I don't know about you, but one of the most dangerous times that I know from having uh, covered politics both in New York and in D.C. is when you're running up against a clock and you've got politicians who have a lot of money to burn and, you know, they want to go home for the weekend, they want to go home for the Christmas holidays, and that's when really the messy stuff starts happening. And that's unfortunately when a lot of the bad policy starts happening as well. Bad policy. When you say bad policy, it brings us to the realization of just how destructive the Democrats can be. And when I see the policy that has caused a massive disruption in our supply chain, which is now the most overused phrase in American history, um, you see that California, we are now exposed to the fact that California has green energy themselves into a drought into forest fires, now into a second world nation status where only certain vehicles are allowed to tow very important items such as food to grocery stores. Why is there no talk of fixing it when they know that the only way we can get back on track is if they suspend the iron hand of the eco-Nazi fascists that have destroyed our supply chain? Uh, I think the supply chain issue is uh, one of the biggest that I think Americans are really starting to wake up and realize that uh, they're living in a country where for the past 20 or 30 years, it's, it's been easy to get goods and services. But, uh, you know, when there are issues like COVID and when there are issues like what we've seen now with um, booming prices and uh, transportation issues and issues at our ports, that, you know, we, we no longer have that made in America quality where you can go out and you can buy something and you can go out and you can buy fruit that was, you know, uh, grown and nurtured in America. All of our produce generally comes from overseas. Most of our computers come from overseas. Most of the things that we need on a daily basis to conduct our lives come from overseas. And I think this is just kind of a broader indictment. Um, and, and this isn't me saying this. This is the Wall Street Journal had an article out yesterday saying this is kind of just a broader indictment of globalism. Um, and I would agree with that too, to an extent. I think more broadly, though, the supply chain issue is really kind of underscoring just the type of America that people are, are living at this moment. And I think, as you saw when the Colonial Pipeline went down and all those gas lines started forming on the East Coast, people started realizing, wow, we're really, really contingent upon fossil fuels. We're really contingent upon gas and oil to live our daily lives. Most people live in areas where they can't go to work um, if they don't have a full tank of gas. And I think you're seeing that now, too, with the supply chain issue. And I think you're seeing the way the administration is responding to this with uh, them attempting to spin this as some sort of big demand win by saying, well, you know, there really isn't a supply chain issue. It's just the issue is that people are buying so much stuff and we can't get people to go unload all the boats that are packed with merchandise and goods. And you saw yesterday where Jennifer Saki made that uh, pretty terrible joke about treadmills while people it's are you know, worried about whether or not they're going to be able to afford things for Christmas. It's ridiculous. And it exposes that pseudo-elitism that the self-described intellectuals have always had because their pampered existence isn't really affected as they have made it so that they're, they're within the corruption of our corporatism so that they're held harmless to it. They got all the money in the world, right? So if, if these products that people who were working two and three jobs to stay alive and stay afloat, if they double, they, they go without, whereas the elitists like Pisaki and those people, unfortunately, that are in Washington, for the most part, excluding you, 
they could care less because they've got the extra money. And the reality is I always laugh when government says, you know, in order to fix this, we've got to kind of suspend our heavy hand in this industry. It truly is a, an admission that they know what the problem is. They know what the problem is. The problem in the supply chain is both at the California ports and the California regulators that have made it virtually impossible for small business people, both truckers and the rest of them, to even survive anymore. And I'm wondering why or when, in your opinion, the mainstream media will kind of pick up on this. Hey, wait a minute. You just told me in the last month you need $800 billion to keep the economy running. And you also told me you know how to fix things by just alleviating the people from your overhanded, iron-fisted regulation of, of the economy itself. Maybe that might be the answer in prosperity and growth in the future. Well, I think obviously, um, you know, I, I have a lot of colleagues both in, uh, you know, center-right media and uh, mainstream media, and I've often noticed that uh, people, you know, have a tendency to think alike when they work in certain organizations, and sometimes knowingly or unknowingly, they perpetrate, you know, certain lines um, and certain narratives. And so, uh, you know, if you're if you're waiting for that, you know, massive, uh, Ta-da. you know, uh, road to Damascus moment, uh, <laughs> that's not going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, you know, I think I think a lot of people are, are wishing that it would, but it's not going to happen anytime soon. And I think, um, I think the voters though will see this because you know they're seeing a country that is racked with consumer shortages. They're seeing gas prices increase to four dollars a gallon. They're seeing the botched withdrawal from Afghanistan. Um, they're seeing all of these issues pile up and pile up and pile up. And these issues really couldn't have come at a more difficult time for President Biden because he's only in office 10 months or so. Oh, the majority God. of people don't really have any major accomplishments. They can say, well, you know, at least he did this for us. And I think that's why you, the Democrats are rushing to push this $3.5 trillion or $2.2 trillion bill through because they know they need to get something done. So when they're facing voters next year, they at least have something they can point to and say, well, hey, I got you that bridge or, hey, I got you the... You know, this $300 extra a month that you're getting on top of um, your child care tax credit. Yeah, but even the uh, even the Democrats were like, what are you doing making my bank de facto IRS agents with the $600? They got some pushback even from their side on that. And what was their what, what was their answer to that? They just pushed it up to 10000 How does that work? Exactly. They pushed it up to 10000 and. They've uh, come up with this kind of quirky uh, little gimmick that's supposed to supposedly it's supposed to protect the average worker because they say, well, we're not going to essentially we're not going to make banks report on money that you receive from payroll, paychecks, uh, Social Security benefits. But what that doesn't take into account is once that money is in your account, it's your money. You know, the bank doesn't distinguish whether or not you're spending your forty five thousand dollars a year salary. Um, on housing, on health care, on other costs. It just sees that as money going out of your account. It doesn't say, oh, well, this is money from savings. This is money from salary. We can't really report on this. So that little quirky little gimmick isn't going to work at all. Um, Senator Crapo, who chairs Senate Finance Committee, was saying yesterday the majority of Americans have about $61,000 of money going in and out of their account annually. That's health care costs, personal costs, car payments, insurance, Um that is obviously housing, and all of that is going to be captured under this new plan. And, you know, $600 was a small amount that would have captured everyone, but $10,000 is a, is a even smaller amount in, in some ways it's going to capture everyone. And Democrats are pushing this as a way to help crack down on wealthy tax scoff laws. But I don't know about you, but I couldn't afford a lawyer to help me hide any 
any money, no. but I know Jeff Bezos can, so I don't think he's going to be the one who's going to be getting audited, but I think guys it's, like you and I might be. Absolutely. Listen, I not, of course. My accountant calls me after every show. He's like, are you kidding me? You're definitely going to hit the list. And I say, okay, because I'm an honest man. Unfortunately, <laughs> in this world, that's the one who pays the cost. I, w- I wonder how long it's going to be before the Democrat base realizes, as they keep chanting against the 1%, the 1%, that is really a philosophy of the green movement worldwide, where the 1% equals anybody making $32,000 a year or more. <laughs> and that's exactly what they're repeating. It's really a tragic thing, Harris Alec. But... Thanks to you and your reporting at the Washington Times. I love reading you. I want everybody else to do the same, and I always love when you come on. Thank you so much for coming on, Harris. Thanks, Sean. It's always a pleasure. All right, we'll take your calls and comments when I get back. What a difference a year makes. What a difference a year makes. You know, Harris Alex said that this, and it's true, I think this idiot's been uh, president isn't it 10 months today? 10 months today. I uh, never was in a Turk- Turkish prison, but I have to imagine it's go- time goes a little faster. It's a little easier than it is under a corrupt 80-year-old political whores administration who has, in those very months, destroyed, for the most part, the quality of your life. And I'm not. that's not hyperbole. I'm not just saying because of the stupidity or the corruption, but through the fascism, through the fascism that we now accept openly. I think that is the most diabolical thing. But there, there is a reason <clears throat> for this. Up until very recently, the self-described intellectuals, we call them Marxists, we call them socialists, whatever it is. These are the people that have never really worked, never really produced anything, honestly. These are the people who have all the ideas, and all they needed was a captured audience, an audience that had to listen, that didn't have the luxury of saying, you don't mean anything to me. This is America. And if you go back to the beginning of COVID and the restrictions for 15 days, and you see where we are today, where the the reality is the numbers don't matter, the fact that 80% of the dead were fat, clinically obese, None of it matters. What matters is the control, which is why those Fourth Reich fascists are reluctant to give it up no matter what. So COVID was the captured audience, the energy aspect of it, and how important it is for us to have energy and for us to be able to have an ebb and flow in the velocity of money and a system of capitalism. They cannot afford for it to operate properly. So to think that these problems will go away, I think, is based in naivete. They are not going to allow these problems to go away because it is for right now that the restaurant owner, Mike, has to listen to every word a politician says. That the small business owner, who really isn't that small, maybe he's got 600 employees, Now he has to listen to politicians. He has to pay them. He has to buy their licenses. He needs their permission to operate. Finally, after 246 years, the self-described, self-righteous, self-aggrandizing, self-proclaimed intellectual has captured America. And I am here to tell you they are not going to let it go. 
That is why you must go to states that protect you. This is the division in America. You think the division is Republican and Democrat? No. The division is those people who always wanted to rule over America versus those people who always wanted to be Americans. That's the division. And now what's left is, can you save the principles, or do we just go into the fourth Reich? 312-642-5600. I'll take all your calls when I get back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. segment and i say to the girls i say i really want to talk about the economy and misty callahan's like oh no don't talk about the economy that's the beauty of america is our economy we're the only country the only one the youngest the richest for a reason the economy it isn't the government it's the most important thing in the world the fact that we have property rights as citizens, that you're not held to your class unless you're a Democrat. Then you're only going to be a class. You're only going to be the stupid moron base that can't recognize the corruption and the crime in, the, in your so-called representation, or your only opportunity to go up in income, to go up in the quality of your life, is to be a part of the corruption. So much to the chagrin of one Misty Callahan. We are going to talk a little economy, but I'm going to take some of your calls because you've been waiting a little while. Tom and Morton Grove wants to gloat. Hi, Tom. Sean, how's it going? Good. I'm, I'm a first-time caller. I've been listening to you uh, for quite a while, and I'm so glad you got your own show. Thank you're you. clever, you're hilarious, and you're damn smart. Thank you. There's handsome well, in there, too, for the ladies, a little something for the ladies. Go ahead. Okay, I, there's no doubt, I'm sure. <laughs> I was just calling because uh, between you and Mr. Proft and listening to you guys, I just want to give you a little credit because you've kind of helped us along. And I'm, I'm closing on a place on Friday nice. uh, in, in LaPorte, Indiana, and Wonderful. I'm thrilled. I am thrilled for you because your quality of life is going to go up tremendously. And here's the good news. Your state trooper will probably be a Chicago cop you knew. What do you think of that? I got to tell you, real estate-wise, um, the real estate in, in, in northwest Indiana is going through the roof. Mm-hmm. And according to the realtor, 91% of the people moving are from Illinois. No uh-huh. surprise. But just tell you a little bit more, Sean. I'm in my 50s, born and raised here. I'm not a transplant. Owned properties around here. Was the landlord. Fixed them up. You know, I I, I sunk my entire life thinking well, I was never going to leave this place. But it has gotten so bad. It is so rotten. It is it's just to the core. Uh, I, I'm just so glad I'm at least divested of Cook County. I'm glad for you because I, I was in your business. You know, I'm, I'm in that business. I recognized years ago that when property breaks the covenant to the property owner and the taxes are no longer based on value but are based on the political corruption and failure of politicians, it's time to go. So, Tom, I'm, I'm happy for you 
Because this country isn't about you just grinning and bear it and living your life for others. It's about you doing the best for you and yours. And I, I think you did a great move, and I'm happy for you. And you can always still listen to us, which is the main thing. And by the way, I'm much better looking than Prof. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate it very much. But this is, this is unfortunately, the choice and the conclusion that good people, in my opinion, have to come to. And that's a terrible thing for me to say. I don't feel good about saying it, but you're my... When you're listening to me, I'm, I'm not doing this show for scum. I'm not doing this for welfare roaches. I'm not doing this for Democrats. I'm not doing this for con men. I'm doing this for good people. The good people are the ones who bear the cost of the bad in the city slash sewer of Chicago. It, how much more evidence do you need than the 5 o'clock news? And I mean, I guess if you're in on it, and look, I know people in on it. I get it. That's the only way you can tolerate it. At least you're being paid off to participate in it. Most of the good people aren't. If you're one of these developers in Winnetka, you hate me. You hate guys like me. Because I'm not willing to pretend you're men. I'm not willing to pretend you're capitalists. I see you for the crooked scum you are. And I refuse to pretend you're anything else. And that goes for every single Democrat politician, except maybe those ones now who are questioning, am I really going to live my life as a mafia member? Or am I going to stand with the courage to identify myself against this? Those people can no longer call themselves Democrats. I don't think Joe Manchin is one of those. Joe Manchin is a scum. Joe Manchin has been a part of the problem. I will not jump on the bandwagon of saying, oh, thank you, Joe Manchin, and cinema. To me, this is common sense. If you cannot see what we're facing as anything other than intended destruction of American wealth, you're an idiot or you're in on it. Simple. It's that simple. Mike, Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin. Hi there. I'm glad I reached you. I've been given the situation in Haiti quite a bit of thought. You know, the 16 Americans among Canadian or Canadian. 17. Yeah, total 17. Yeah. Uh, I think I thought of a peaceful solution. I was in the U.S. Navy years ago, so I know a little bit about this. Haiti is an island. It's not very big. If we can start a blockade, block all the ports in Haiti from ships entering or leaving, deprive the citizens and the kidnappers what about the uh, in Haiti. <sighs> What about it? It's right next to it. it. Shares a border. Well, find a way to deprive the citizens and the, the kidnappers of food and drink until they release all the hostages. Yeah. Make them starve. Or or we could send a couple of guys in there to kill the scum that are holding the 17 people. I, I choose B. Now, let me ask you another question, Mike. You were in the Navy. Yes. Would you have to mm-hmm. salute our transgender four-star admiral? Ah! Yeah. Now, I was in the late 70s, right after Nam. The word transgender and other sort of perversions did not, you know, the word did not exist. And, and what are, what are I have no ill will. One of my favorite movies is The Birdcage. I say we put on a song, we all do the conga line, I'm in. But if I got to pretend that that's actually a woman and uh, that it's a oh, four star general, I got a problem. Thank you, Mike. Just me. Love The Birdcage. It is truly one of my favorite movies. There's not a time it's on, I can't watch it. Love it. Joe in his car. Hi, Joe. Joe? Hi, Sean. Yeah. Got nervous there for a minute. I thought you got carjacked. Go ahead. Yeah, I love your show. I've been listening to you since you're on Dan and Amy as a caller. Great to hear. So, uh, I've been working at banks my entire life, like 30 years, and all aspects of it. And every time I read a story about this 
IRS giving them information. That goes against basically the Constitution. And they can't get information from us now without a subpoena. Even if it's a levy, they have to they have to notify us. For us to just send them information, and it's, it's against the Fourth Amendment. It's against the principles of banking. It's against the principles of property rights. It's against Americanism itself. And unfortunately, Joe, I think it will pass. But let me ask you this. I have a little theory. I think that the people have a little bit more power than they're aware of. And I think that if the people who had just a little money, and I don't mean a lot of money, I'm talking about people with some, some savings, if there was a run on the bank, would it send ripples throughout the banking system, Joe? Uh, the, the way the government right now backs all the big banks up, Probably not. They would just figure out another way to supplement it. You know, like with the PPP loans. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, I mean it really has just been, it really just run. has been corrupted, underwritten by the Federal Reserve. It really is just some third world Ponzi scheme, isn't it? They really destroyed my beautiful capitalism, haven't they? Yeah, they yeah. have. And, oh, and they so. keep saying that all banks report all that information anyway. No, we don't. We don't report anything we don't have to. There's there's no automatic reporting for dollar amounts. Uh, you know, they want to know cash-wise, some things I can't talk about. But generally, they're not reporting everything. And I still think we over-report what we're doing. I mean, there's millions of reports, millions, that go to the, go to the uh, they call FinCEN, yeah. part of the IRS, the Treasury Department, that we don't know what they do with that, but they can't, we can't be held liable as banks. So they have that. Well, Joe, I'll tell you what. You made it so that people understand bankers aren't the bad guy. The government that makes them IRS agents will be the bad guy. Thank you very much, Joe. Stay strong. Love it very much. This is the thing. We're the ones that make the world go wrong. Government didn't create the system. They bastardized banking. Honest banking was something that was essential to us. Right now, the corporate bond market, the reason I I told uh, Bunny to remind me of a market collapse that I'm calling over the next, I want to say 10 days, but that's too bold. Let's say 20 business days is because the bond market is a fraud. The reverse repo market is a fraud. This will come tumbling down. American banks that were not supposed to invest money in Chinese corporations did. They're invested in this Chinese Enron so-called real estate company, Evergrande, Fantasia Holdings, these are the companies that will take down the American economy. Because the reality is, the American economy is a Ponzi scheme. The politicians just admitted it. They need to spend $800 billion a month to keep the scam going. That's without an, a rate increase. They could never raise rates. Don't ever let somebody scare you by saying, they're going to raise rates. They can't raise rates. They're blind mice. They have one direction, and they're at the end of the road. So they're going to have to thumb in Louise, this son of a gun. Jan, Hoffman Estates. Hi, Jan. Jan? Hi, Hi Sean. Listen, I, I love you more than I love Dan. Oh, thank but you. But anyway, listen, what can we do um, if we have money in the bank? Can we just take it out in money orders or certified checks and just don't leave it in the account? You know what I, you know what I want to say to you, Jan? In order to survive the future massive inflation, you're going to have to have zero debt. Do you know how many people carry a savings account and then carry debt? In essence, you really don't have, have no the debt. wealth. You don't have the wealth you think you have. Most people, if they were ever to fund it out, would would break even or in some cases go bankrupt. 
what I'm suggesting is, let's say you're 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 a decent person, you worked your whole life, and you have some some money put away, but you also have some debt. Take the money out of the bank and pay the debt off. You're going to want to go into the future debt free. You're not going to want to have debt because their way to answer the future problem of a collapse will be to make debt even cheaper than it already is, and it's next to nothing now. They have no answers, Jan. And when it comes tumbling down, and it will come tumbling down again, they're going to do the same exact thing because it's all they know how to do. And it'll be at that time you'll want to take on debt to to acquire assets at, at, at blowout value. That's what I think. The bank said that when we get the next collapse, the government is going to take over everybody's accounts at the banks. Yeah. That's, I believe that that... That's the economy. She said it's not going to happen real soon, but it's going to happen, she said. Well, Jen, look at it this way. After this every is, uh, collapse JP since... Mark and Chase. After every collapse since September 11th, since 2000, after every collapse, what has the government done? Grow. Grow. What has the private companies, the real private companies that tried to hold off the government from under, from taking them, nationalizing them, what happened to them? They went away. Yeah, it's going to be a rough one, Jan, but we'll make it through. We'll make it through. We're Americans. Well, and you think so? I don't know. Okay. Okay, Let's Tom, stay positive now. It's only Wednesday. Joe Biden wouldn't have known that. He would have had to look at a calendar. 312-642-5600. Joe Biden is still alive, and I'll be back. Stock market, new high. The earnings that the companies are reporting are created welfare money. Their so-called earnings exist on debt the American government printed up to mimic an economy. That is a scam. It is an absolute scam. When it takes 66000 of your paper dollars to buy one cyber currency... Your dollar should be sh- printed on Charmin. That's what it is. It's toilet paper. This illusion is only existing because there's some false confidence. Well, we're not the worst one. Boy, that's a way to grade yourself. Congratulations, you're the tallest midget. That only works in Chicago Democrat politics. Kevin, Lowell, Indiana. Hey, Sean. Uh in response to your caller earlier, we don't mind the people coming over from Illinois, but can they leave their bad habits behind? We got enough corrupt politicians here. We got the mayor of Whiting; he's corrupt. He got busted for embezzling money. We got the Portage mayor who got busted for embezzling money. We don't need any more of that. Kevin, I'm going to tell you something, and I mean this seriously because this is my business. I literally are am taking people from. Illinois, and I am moving them to South Florida on both coasts. Every single person is a devout, devout anti-communist. They will never vote Democrat. The problem you have is that your government is simultaneously airlifting welfare Democrats into your state and every other state that looks to be red. So your problem is not the Illinois. I agree. He's not, it's not the Illinois, believe me, we share that same disgust for corruption you have. The problem you have is the federal government is airlifting both illegals and welfare people to red states in order to offset that. So please, Kevin, focus your anger at the right person. It is not Tom, who's lived his life the good way, and so many other Chicagoans and the Chicago police who are going to be soon your state troopers. It's all of the people that have been moved there to specifically turn your your state into a welfare state like Illinois. Illinois, we share your pain, Mike Griffin, Indiana. 
Sean, how you doing, buddy? Splendid. Hey, listen, uh, regarding the crash, that's not going to happen because I agree with you on the thought and phoniness of the economy. No two ways are these guys going to let anything crash. They will have – who's the company they gave like $4 billion to or $4 trillion to buy everything they could get their hands Black on? BlackRock, $13 trillion. BlackRock. Right. You, yeah. you, think, you think Google goes down 10% and someone's not a bid down there? For every single share that comes through, no, 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 same I would not. Amazon, my, my, for Apple. my prediction is not because I don't see what you're you're articulating. You're right. My prediction is because what they have been doing is something they were not supposed to do and did anyway, and that is to invest and extend credit through shady systems to the Chinese real estate fraud machine that cannot even make the simple interest payments on their debt. This, will, this scam that we have here, this Keynesian economy that America has, is in Tupperware and airtight, but they let a leak out. And that leak is going to take down all the other frauds. It's just a prediction, but that's why we always have two sides of the market. Thank you, Mark. Mike, I appreciate it. Griffin, Indiana, bond trader. Don Bloomingdale. Sean, how bad can it get, and how bad does it have to get to shake this guy out of the bushes? Biden is silent, and he's got the lowest approval rating of any president in the history of mankind, and he says nothing. What what professional politician like him would not be ticked off that he's got such low approval ratings Don, that it's at not, least he'd take to the podium? He's, he's not the president. He's just the figure. I get it. He, he, he get met it. with senators, right? The, the far uh, left, the far communists, and then he met with the socialists. You mean to tell me that all of those people couldn't see he's incapable? This, this is a sad state of affairs. He should be removed from office. The 25th Men- Amendment should be invoked immediately. He is not fit to be in that office. He is mentally incapable of being the president of the United States. The problem is we as a nation do not have the character to recognize it or to do anything about it, those of us that do. That's the saddest part, Don. So they're going to continue to prop him up like a weekend at Bernie's, and we're going to continue to sink into the socialist quicksand that unfortunately has become America for the last 10 months. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. I'm sorry. Did I hear Tom Beck talk about an ex-Chicago area gynecologist named Fabio? Ladies, ladies, ladies. If your gynecologist is named Fabio and you go to your appointment and he is on a silk smoking jacket and Teddy Pendergrass playing on the music system, you may want to ask yourself, should I remain for the exam? It turns out that Fabio Ortega, 75 years old, sentenced to three years. Three years? What are you, nuts? Why don't you let the husbands at this guy with a ball-peen hammer? I think that would be more fair. Uh, And his hospital on the North Shore, North Shore University, after nine allegations, let him retire. What do you mean you let him retire? You didn't know? I'll tell you what, three years. But if you do go through with a gynecology appointment with a guy named Fabio, I guess, buyer beware, Ed Midway. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Very good. Hey, I- Better than Fabio's patients. Go ahead. Well, I bet you young people never heard of a ball peen hammer. No, that's my favorite. I still have one in the car. Whenever a cop asks me what I'm doing, I say, you know, in case I got a flat, they laugh. Go ahead. Do people really believe Joe Biden was elected legally? I mean, 
how could people be that stupid? We all know that the thing was rigged. I mean, yeah, but it was a successful theft, brother. It was. It's like an insurance policy. It's a successful theft. So what are we going to do? You know what I mean? The powers that be. And here's what I here's what I want you to know, Ed. That's why I don't blame the Democrats. By admission to being a Democrat, they tell you that they're corrupt. I blame the never Trumpers. I blame the Republicans. I blame the self-described intellectual elites who were offended by a guy like Trump and moreover offended by the people who supported him. So this is a this is a system that has allowed the voter fraud to to go through and this buffoon right. to pretend to be president. And now the question is, does it have any integrity or do you have faith in it the next time? And I'm going to tell you my answer is no. I simply don't. Which is why I I am giving the advice to a wonderful, wonderful, once great city and great state to the good people to get the hell away from it. Because you're going to have to weather the storm of this corrupt Marxist mafia as they are hell-bent in overthrowing the principles of Americanism. Simple. But you're not going to get an argument from me, kid. David in Lansing. Hey, Sean, you used to work at the Merck. Uh, What's your opinion on crude oil and gas? Mine is that this is a parabolic run and that Trump supporters, you know, MAGA people, should not buy eight-cylinder or ten-cylinder cars. Hold off because the prices might come down as gas only goes to $5 a barrel. What do you think? Well, I think think $85 is a short-sighted thing. I think that you're going to see oil at $125 in a very near future. I think that you have a bunch of people that want it to go to $125 because their mission isn't to provide growth to poor people. It's to imprison them so that they become their willful slaves and their welfare benefactors. And that's exactly what will happen. Because when people are on welfare, they're more apt to tolerate the corruption and incompetence because they need the raise. And that's called the Democrat Party. So I think you're shooting too low. I think this is the plan. The, the eco-Nazis are not interested in your mobility, in your economic growth. This is the part I wanted to tell you, is that we talk about the 1%, the 1%, the 1%. If you look at the mission statement of exactly what is the, 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 the goal, the object of the people who are promoting this, this climate boondoggle, it is because they believe you to be guilty of destruction of, earth, of the earth. They're not interested in you growing your wealth, growing your quality of life. They want to destroy it. This has really started on a world movement, not an American movement. The American idiots just buy into it. Take a look at somebody named Nabal Izmir. Nabal Izmir is blaming the 1%. The American moron, calling himself a Democrat, thinks the 1% are rich people. The 1% of the world, of the planet, makes $32,000 a year. That's the 1% of Nabal Ismer's definition. That's the 1% of that screaming Mimi girl who knows nothing, that imbecile that cries, there's not enough time in the face of the reality that the predictions of the eco-Nazis have been wrong for 70 years. They're not interested in oil being lower and wages being up and the quality of your life being good. They're interested in destroying it. We have two different definitions 
of achievement and of victory and of a goal. We're not arguing about getting to the same place. They're very different places. People who listen to this radio show, people who voted for Trump, people who believe in Americanism and American principles. There is a war going on, an intellectual war. The Democrat has never been happier than he is right now. Pritzker is not interested in allowing you to have your freedom back. He's not interested any more than the uh, the detective from 1932 pretending to be a man and the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot. Not interested. They like it like this. As for the communists, Marxists, socialists surrounding that 80-year-old with a soggy diaper, they certainly don't want times to change. They're right on pace. It's not going fast enough for them, which is why now what we have to do is implode it through this moving around illegal immigrants who guarantee to be welfare Democrat voting people around the country in the dark of night. This is a very organized plan. This has nothing to do with we're going to make America safe or secure the border or fix our welfare system. They want it to implode because it's within that implosion lies their strength. It's that simple. There's no, there's no real mystery to this. It's really that simple. Uh, and it is ridiculous. So uh, one point, they just came out with numbers already. 1.7 million illegals have already crossed through our southern border. 540,000 are staying. They say they send 60% back. I doubt that. Congressman Tony Gonzalez says it gets worse than that. Some of these people coming across terrorists. Listen. I just met with the foreign minister of Panama. She goes, you know, there there's over 100,000 migrants coming through Panama on their way to the United States as we speak. And she goes, funny you ask that, Tony, because in Panama, we do biometrics and we have apprehended 52 people that have been associated that are associated with Al Qaeda. Wow. wow. Your reaction. Well, I heard the same thing uh, a few weeks ago from the foreign minister of Panama, so it's pretty consistent. What happens is this. Panama is kind of like the choke point after the Darien Gap crossing over from South America. Migrants, some of whom have been living in these other countries, Chile, Colombia, for many years, now have decided I'm going to make a move and move towards the United States. Panama is the first country on that route that actually stops people and sort of assesses who they are and, and takes biometrics and so forth. And, and so you're going to catch people. And they're from coming from all over the world. I mean, we're talking about tens of thousands of people that are en route as we speak across multiple countries in the Western Hemisphere, but all going through there, and they'd all have to come through Panama as they get into the, as they try to come to the United States. That's the first country that actually stops people and assesses who they are, and, uh, and, and the administration knows it, and there's tremendous frustration. In fact, I've heard that they have threatened, threatened, the, the, this administration, the Biden administration, has threatened government leaders in Panama not to complain too much, to stop talking about this, to stop making a big deal out of it, or there's going to be consequences for our country's relationship. They've told them to stay quiet and stop talking about it and that's why nooner harris the greatest lunch date in washington did her little tour where she bribed these corrupt nations and their corrupt leadership to keep their mouth shut and keep the flow going because that is the goal what you see on the southern border you don't hear me talk about it a lot because they're winning this is exactly what the american democrat wants not necessarily the constituents but you're going to vote democrat anyway because you like it like this. It's why Chicago has remained Democrat for 100 years. You just want to be in on the scam. The downside is the death and destruction. And the, I mean 
the death because these are gangbangers. These are drug dealers. This is chaos coming through the southern border. Texas is not the only state experiencing the brunt of this crisis, however. Arizona Border Patrol agents this week seizing more than 50 pounds of fentanyl hidden under a truck bed. Local officials continue to sound the alarm, calling for more resources. Cochise County, Arizona Sheriff. And what does Blinken say about it? You know Blinken, the one with those shark dead eyes. The only reason he's got the job is because he used to sit on Joe's lap when he could remember his name. Uh, We're working together and facilitating what have been, in both a good news, bad news story, record drug seizures. Uh, The good news being we're we're effective. The bad news being it's a record drug seizure, which means the problem, uh, in a sense, is even uh, larger. That's okay, because what's their answer? More welfare programs for those people that somehow survive the fentanyl. More money to the very ghettos that they've built, making sure they'll be well populated and the voting Democrats will continue to thrive because that's their definition of thriving, living under their thumb with the guaranteed Democrat vote. 312-642-5600. Man, oh man. I don't know if you feel 17 again. It's the beauty of music. And, you know, I'm thinking about everything that we're facing for our kids. You realize what the future is going to look like for these kids? you have any idea the way in which they're going to have to restrict them, the way in which they're going to have to tax them, all because we allowed this to happen? These kids are going to face a debt in an America that looks nothing like the ones who we faced if you were born pre-Reagan, you really witnessed what was the economic boom, the freedom boom. Because back then, we had a president who understood what the principles of Americanism were, and he wanted to change it. Because we were already suffering through the normal failures of Democrat rule, inflation, and monetary destruction of your economy and the rest of it. But Jimmy Carter would have been considered a libertarian compared to these modern-day Marxists. There's no question about it. So the kind of America we're going to leave for these kids is going to be one that I don't think we're going to enjoy too much. I want to be wrong. I really, really do. But when you're talking about a, uh, an administration and a CDC that's very comfortable implementing fascistic dictate to kids, it doesn't bode well on any front as far as I can see. More and more kids to get vaccinated across time. Dr. Walensky on schools. Yeah, maybe just picking up on that, you know, after we have authorization from FDA and recommendations from CDC, we will be working to scale up pediatric vaccination. That said, it will take some time. And as I just noted, as we head into these winter months, we know we cannot be complacent. We also know that um, from previous data that that schools that have had masks in place were three and a half times less likely to have school outbreaks requiring school closure. So right now we are going to continue to um, recommend masks in all schools for all um, people in those schools. And we will look forward to scaling up pediatric vaccination during this period of time. And the liars lie. Their numbers, you can't trust anything that comes out of the government as far as I'm concerned after what I've witnessed over these last 18 months. I was always skeptical. But now there's absolute bald-faced lying going on. Kids are not the problem. Kids were never the problem. They cooked the statistics in Florida when they tried to make you believe that it was the children that you had to be afraid of. 
This isn't about the, the, the Fauci-invested flu. This isn't about what's best for society. This is about taking over and total control so that they can hide their economic stealing and fraud we call an economy. This is about putting you in a little box so that you're too afraid to question the big teachers and the authority as they destroy this country for your kids and grandkids. Go to a state that protects you. Take your kids out of school. You don't have to take this. It's still America. Fight back. streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. I have a favorite outlets and resources, really. The Heritage Foundation is one of them. I find them to be invaluable. They are just fantastic to use. And it turns out that Rachel Gresler is one of the writers that I've been reading recently, and I had to do a little research. I told Misty, get me Rachel. Plus, I love the name. Rachel, I want to thank you for joining me. You research and analyze extortion that's commonly referred to as taxes, Social Security, disability insurance, and all of the swindles. It's all bankrupt, isn't it, Rachel? Well, it is. And what's most disturbing that's going on in the economy right now is we're really seeing the consequences of when government central planning and decision-making just sets off this horrible chain of bad economic consequences. And across the U.S., we've just never experienced a labor market like we have today where you have massive shortages of workers Amid still high unemployment levels, you know, we have 10.4 million job openings in the U.S. compared to 7.7 million unemployed workers. Um, So there's more than a job for everyone out there, and yet people aren't taking those jobs. And meanwhile, the people who are working in the jobs are having to pick up all the slack because they don't have enough workers to come in. So you're seeing 4.3 million workers quit their jobs every month, and it's just this negative cycle here, which, you know, I feel terrible for all the employers out there right now because they're struggling. And unfortunately, sometimes the consequence then is that you see workers strike like they are and John Deere workers out in Iowa. And it just all spirals out of control and it's hurting everybody in the economy. Except, Rachel, except the unions. The unions love this. The uh, you, you could say one of the most the best payoff for the union is the political whore, Joe Biden, who he's been this through his entire career. And the unions stand and are in more control. They stand to gain more power. You've got a federal government that's actively working against right-to-work states. And at the end of it, the answer may just be, go ahead and take over. Do, do you think I'm a little jaded, or, or is that the goal of the American Marxist? That's how I feel. Absolutely. I mean, President Biden has touted himself as the most pro-union president ever, and we're absolutely seeing that. He even issued um, an order today telling federal agencies that they need to do more to market to their current hires and to new hires to tell them about the benefits of joining a federal employee union. 
Um, and there's just this pro-union agenda across the U.S. And we're not talking about letting workers join unions. We're talking about actively forcing them to join a union and to take money out of their dues, uh, dues money out of their paychecks without their consent. And in the case of the John Deere workers, these are members of the United Auto Workers of America. This is what the Department of Justice called a union that had a culture of corruption. It's a mafia. What are those union bosses doing with the money that they're taking it? They're Boating going out and they're buying luxury cars and vacations yeah. and building homes. Come on, Rachel. Um, you know, is really it 1943? Do we all have to pretend we can't read? And it's 1943, and the side knows wannabe gangsters and the fat business agents rule the roost. Where, why aren't they arresting everybody involved? This is an obvious scam and mafia. Yeah, and I don't know if anybody out there has seen some of the you know recent movies and television shows that have been shown on this, but The Irishman is a perfect example of you know just how the how bad the unions are, how they're stealing workers' pension benefits. They're completely corrupt. Um, you know, many of them. There, there are some unions out there that you know are just doing a good job for workers and representing their interests. But those yeah, are the ones in that Germany join freely, yeah. <laughs> or the ones that they join freely, not having to be forced by liberal lawmakers into those types of unions. Ah, oh, Rachel. Now let's get on to the real crux of the problem. They have to keep the Ponzi scheme going. Social Security is a lie and a fraud. It's a tax. They hope to God you die before you collect it. They never want to pay the people. And then the other ones that get paid really don't need it. I want to be the first American to break it. I want the money. You don't owe me anything when I'm 62. Give me my money I want out of your scheme. Can I? Do I stand a chance? Can I sue somebody? Can I hire somebody? What do I do? <laughs> Not in your lifetime, um, but I think that that is the direction that we absolutely need to be going with Social Security. Yes, you know, it's largely a Ponzi scheme. Every single dollar that you and I and everybody else out there is paying into the system today is immediately going out the door to pay benefits to workers who are already retired. What does that mean? It means we never even get a chance to earn a positive rate of return. Um, most people are now earning negative rates of return if you don't live to your expected age, then you're going to lose everything you put into it and leave virtually nothing for your children or your heirs. Um, you know, we've just built this massive amount of unfunded liabilities that's growing enormously. Just last year alone, the Social Security shortfalls expanded by $3 trillion in one year. So every year, the policymakers just keep saying, we're going to keep the program as it is, no changes to Social Security. That just means higher taxes in the future for other workers. So I have a very good friend of mine. I call him the Russian. His family defected from Russia before their policies overtook the Democrat Party. He was telling me about how often Social Security, the benefits of disability, how often they are scammed by people who have just gotten here. I'm not picking on one culture. It just seems to be a problem. Is it true that people can come to this country who have not necessarily paid into it for years and years and years and qualify for all kinds of benefits, including the one where they get separated from their husband, then become his nurse, then get paid by the federal government to take care of them. <laughs> there are loopholes that are out there that are allowing things like that to happen. Um, absolutely. And we need to be cracking down on that. But there's also just this, you know, looking at government programs in general, they don't do a good job of making sure that the benefits go to who they're intended to. And 
this was a case with just these terrible unemployment insurance policies. Not only did they pay workers more to stay at home and not to work than if they had actually gone in and accepted a job, but in total, the government's going to spend $873 billion. Oh, oh Rachel, I think we lost her. We're unemployed. Oh, there we a lot we of them were just these international crime rings. Um, and now we're talking about having the government look into the IRS, looking into everybody's bank accounts and getting this personal information. And, you know, how many more of these programs are going to be resulting in fraudulent people having their identities shown, stolen so that others can take those benefits that the government's putting out there for them. Has a society that has over 50% of the people on some form of welfare or another ever clawed its way back to take those people who have become systemically, unfortunately, corrupted by their will. And I understand how it happens. In Chicago, for example, if you're a family of four, you qualify for benefits that are equivalent to $51,000 a year. Has a society ever turned back from this kind of welfare system, or is it the, the welfare system just metastasizes and destroys the free economy? There have been some small ratchets back, but for the most part, it's just this continual expansion, and that's what's happening right now. Now anybody who's a parent is suddenly a welfare recipient, and they're getting monthly checks um, for simply for having children. And so everything that is being talked about in this big government socialism bill is just about expanding welfare, not just to the needy, but to wealthy individuals, to corporations, to get everybody hooked on the government so that they vote for the politicians that will keep those handouts in place. Now, this is all you do. You research this, you read about it, you know, every corner, every aspect. Do you think the bill passes? I'm because, you know, I'm obviously, at this point, pessimistic. I can't believe they got some 80-year-old with soggy pants running things. I'm not too optimistic on holding back the <laughs> Marxist mafia. Do you think it passes? Well, I think it's a positive indication that it has taken as long as it's taken and that they have had to concede that the price tag is going to be significantly less if they are able to pass something. And now we're revealing all this infighting that's going on, you know, between the hardliners that don't want anything less than the big government socialism bill um, and those who want something that looks a little bit more like what we would traditionally think of coming from liberals uh, and Democrats, but still a massive expansion in government. And so I think that there is some hope that it won't pass at all um, and more hope that if something does pass, it won't be quite as horrible is what it initially started out as. Now, Rachel, the only time I've ever been invited to a think tank is when I was a waiter. When you go to these <laughs> things, is there talk and is there disgust about the fact that we have congressmen and senators and their staff that have enriched themselves to the tunes of hundreds of millions of dollars like Nancy Pelosi and her wretched husband, all through front-running government policy? Why is there not more legal action or have they themselves immunized themselves from any kind of recourse from what would put people like me or you in prison for doing this kind of insider trading? Is there any hope that this will ever stop as well? Well, we're seeing the opposite when you talk about policies like the pro-union things. I mean, it's clear exactly who is funding the, you know, unions are funding the politicians and that they are receiving paybacks in the forms of these legislation. I mean, the, the big government socialism bill, it gives an above-the-line tax deduction 
for union dues, but only if you are a full union member, which means only if you pay the portion that goes to the political lobbying and the political contributions. If you say, no, I don't want to be a part of that, your dues aren't deducted. Um, so it's certainly not the direction that we're going in right now to scale back from those problems. Well, yeah, I wish you could say you cheered me up, but you didn't, Rachel. However, you did tell me the truth, and that's the most important thing, and that's why I go to the Heritage Foundation. I enjoy your writing. Keep it up. Stay strong and positive, and if not, I'll see you down in Florida. I'll be the guy smoking in the teal bathing suit. It's rather attractive. Thank you so much, Rachel. My pleasure, Sean. Thank you. We'll take your calls and comments when I get back. Aren't these the guys that did uh, Dude Looks Like a Lady? Yeah, we got to get that one. Oh, this is Run the MC. All right. But uh, it was Aerosmith, right, that the dude looks like a lady? Yeah. Let's get that song up. Anytime I say um, the four-star admiral now, Rachel Levine, I want that song in the background. You know, we're going to we're gonna have to have a little fun with this. After all, if you can't laugh, what are you going to do? Are you going to realize there isn't a Democrat politician in the country that utters the word liberty? that wants the American citizen to have his own property rather than talking about how creatively they can steal it and scam it. Might as well laugh. I'm too old to cry, and I'm too smart to not realize what the hell is going on, these slimy, rotten liars. Jim and Elgin. Hey, Sean. Uh, thanks so much for taking my call. I'm a big fan. Uh, a couple things. One is I'm a financial advisor for 43 years. If you just take the Social Security contributions, not even the employee, or not even the employer, just the employee, and you put that aside for 40 years, you'll probably have a million to 1.2 million dollars at six to eight percent a year. It's if he just, just bought an index, that. if he just bought an index, yeah, absolutely. Dollar cost average over time, it's going to work. It never fails over 40 years. Second thing is when you have a guest. Please repeat their information at the end of the conversation or the interview so that people like me that tune in late, like Rachel, I know she's from the Heritage Institute, but I like to follow her a little more. Rachel Gresler, like Rachel Gresler yes. of the Heritage Foundation. And uh, yeah, you're right. I have, a, I have a hunting joke for you. If, you're, right. if you have any hunters listening, what's right. the difference between beer nuts, beer nuts, and deer nuts? Oh, boy. I'm afraid to ask, but go uh, ahead. Uh, well, I think it'll, I think it'll pass. <laughs> Uh, beer nuts are dollar ninety nine a pound, and deer nuts are under a buck. There you go. <laughs> Very good, All right, Jim. All right, you're going to have to have a new segment. We'll have financial guys, insurance salesmen, and uh, gynecologist joke hour. I think it'd be good. I mean, those are the best jokes. See, the financial guys always got uh, <laughs> bunnies for it. Financial guys always have the best jokes, and the financial guys always, always, even if they are forced to not. Um, to be in a position where they have to keep their mouth shut, they recognize when someone's putting lipstick on a pig, and that's why the majority of them recognize the scams that are government ideas and government programs. Paul Tudor Jones. When I was a kid, Paul Tudor Jones was somebody you paid attention to. This is a guy that started with an idea, just to start a little fund, a little hedge fund, and before you know it, he became really a big, big player because He's wicked, smart, right, honest, and a fundamentalist, but he's a capitalist. So when Paul Tudor Jones was on CNBC, he had something to say. I think the thing that to me is the number one issue facing 
The man the street investors is inflation. And it's pretty clear to me that inflation is not transitory. It's here to stay. And it's probably the single biggest threat to certainly financial markets. And, and again, probably, I think, to society just in general. So this 5.4% CPI is a real eye-opener. It's the highest CPI we've had in 30 years. And, of course, it's going to go higher here in the next few months as energy feeds through it. And the problem is it harms the people who can afford it the least, the most. That's the way it goes. And the other thing Paul didn't say, well, they cut him off. They didn't give him time. It's political. It isn't by happenstance. That is the main thing I want you to remember throughout the Obama failures and foibles and comedy act. The thing I want you to remember is what you're experiencing is not because we were hit by a meteor. It is because of political policy. That is the hardest thing for somebody like me, for our last caller, for Paul Tudor Jones, for anybody to to really convey of why you should never support these kind of politicians. Because they're harming everybody. But more importantly, they're harming the people who can afford it the least. They're always harmed the most. Like the good person stuck in their areas they rule over, their ghettos that they create. And what they're doing now is taking your standards lower. One year ago, everything was twice as good. It's that simple. Under the Biden regime, the quality of your life has gone down. That's what inflation is. So I know, and and, you know, I get it. I get it when Misty says it. It's probably that I do talk too much about it. But it's because we don't have time to waste. Are we supposed to wait until the election? Am I supposed to hope that Manchin and Cinema find a, a, a nougat of integrity and honesty and intellect? Or am I supposed to even be in this position as an American citizen where politicians can decide how much of my money I can keep and what creative new ways they can take it away? Because I thought that was a really good question. Um, I used to collect taxes for the state of Louisiana. I had a my my title was like Secretary of the Department of Revenue or something, but but I was a tax collector. Um, of course, there's a tax gap. Duh. I mean, I mean, uh, we have a voluntary system, and when we first imposed an income tax in America, and the constitutionality of it was litigated. I think our lawmakers in our judicial branch decided, well, we need to strike a balance here between people's privacy. I'm not sure they used the word privacy then, but between people's private privacy and public policy of catching people who, t- who cheat. And the way you do that is through audits. Um, and the IRS, look, it's... It's an extraordinarily inefficient agency. Any of you have a tax question? Go call the IRS this afternoon. See what happens. You can't even get them on the phone. I I mean, it's ludicrous. What are they going to do with all this data? Um, The the second point I want to make, I don't think you can understate the risk 
that that this data could leak. I, I mean, we we just had an instance. Uh, some of my colleagues talked about it, where where uh, uh, financial data of taxpayers was leaked. I th- what about that? Senator John Kennedy knows that, but they're making fun of him, right? He's from Louisiana. He's got the Southern drawl. They're making fun of him. They're making fun of you because these are the intellectual elite, self-described, who've understood all they have to do is put us in a circumstances where we feel helpless and we will give up our freedom, our liberty, our property to them. This is the time we fight back. There is no tomorrow under the Biden regime. Not one you want to live through. It's time we support politicians specifically like this, not the party. We'll discuss that and more when I get back. Grab a line, 312-642-5600. Taxes, taxes, taxes. Threats and intimidation. You name it, that's what we're dealing with. And I have to tell you, it is it is just foreign to me that because I, I was under the impression this kind of abuse by a government was unconstitutional and illegal in America. It really was. It really was. I lived, though, my whole life never wanting something for nothing. Never. The only thing I ever thought I was entitled to was to go out and earn money. And I was supposed to be treated equally before the law. This isn't a political debate of the nuances of policy. We are in a ideological war for the fundamental principles of the country. There are, there are a group of people out there that think that they should get things because they exist. That's what we're dealing with. This is the Fourth Reich. This is free everything because you exist. And how do we get it? We hold down, we hold down the people who think they're free. We take away their freedom. We take away their property and their money. And then we come up with new ways to constantly keep them down, to tax them for their very life itself. You said yesterday that um, beyond the clean energy performance plan, there's more on the table as far as what you could do legislatively on climate. Um, uh, Senator Manchin today said that carbon tax is not one of the things that's come up in discussions that the White House has had with him. Is that something that the White House has taken off the table? And if so, why? I'm not taking any options on or off the table. This is an ongoing negotiation, and obviously each of the senators or members who are part of the negotiations can speak for themselves. In this bill, taxation for carbon, you will have to pay to breathe soon, to move around. You will be restricted at every aspect of your life in what is a country built on your unalienable rights. By the IRS. And I said they'd get the bottom to the bottom of it. Have you heard anything? Have y'all asked? I haven't. And you know what we want. And and we remember what happened with with Lois Lerner. You know, it just depends on what kind of I'm talking too long. It depends on what kind of state you want to live in. You, do you folks really want to live in a in a state where the government knows everyone? Of, of your of the intimate details of your life, including finances. If you do, I hear China is beautiful this time of year. They don't want to go to China. I'm leaving. <laughs> Senator Kennedy. Job, they don't want to go to China. They don't want to go to Russia. They don't want to go to Germany in the 30s. They just want to bring that power here now in the year 2021. The IRS isn't an agency looking 
to help the citizens of America. It's looking to rob them, to extort them. And that's what will get stronger, and that's what will grow. Rob in the Ukrainian village. Yeah, you talk about the corruption. You always talk about the Ponzi scheme that it is. And, you know, you mentioned the intimidation. If When you pay your taxes quarterly, if they feel that you didn't pay enough, they fine you. Yet when you overpay your taxes at the end of the year, you're waiting for your refund, and you, you don't get an overpayment bonus from them. It's, I've got, I've got one in my pocket, Rob. I do it on purpose. Whatever my bill is, I pay $20, $18 over because I want them to write me the check back. Sometimes it takes a long time, and I never cash them. I keep it in my pocket just because I know what it does for them to cut a check back to me. And you're exactly right, because when you owe them, you owe compound interest. Who makes up that rule? The government charges you compound interest. But when they have your money, they give it to you when they get around to it. Because this is the point. we're, We're slaves, Rob. We're not free men. I mean, these are nice taglines. People get all upset who kneels at the flag. I get it. But they're blindfolding you with an ideal that they cannot live up to. You know, John Kennedy in that speech mentioned Lois Lerner. She is a Democrat apparatchik, a political assassin who used the IRS as a weapon against anybody that didn't support Obama. And what was her penalty? Retirement. Now she sits on a beach like me, only she didn't earn it. And you're paying her 9000 a month to sit there. It's a shame, Rob. But yeah. you're in the Ukrainian well, village. Thanks, at least for, some thanks, for, thanks, for, thanks for taking my call. i got to grab a pizza. hope I don't get shot. Wish me Go luck. Ahead. Good yeah. luck. Good luck. Stay low. Serpentine. Serpentine. That's what happens when you're in the Ukrainian village. you got to run. you got to be fast. Look out. Democrat bases chasing you. But it's not the IRS. It's the gangbangers who are protected by Kim Fox. Jesse Hammond. Yeah, uh, Sean. This carbon tax, they're going to start taxing us on our mileage that we drive. They're going to put these little monitors on our car. They're going to track us how many miles we drive for. Yeah. You know, and they're going to tax us for every mile we drive. That's going to put my industry, because I'm an Uber driver, and that's going to put the ride share industry and put the final nail in the coffin for the cabs. We're going to have to go back to horse and buggies. Well, here's the other thing. Don't forget, Jesse, who, owned, who owns Uber is Rahm Emanuel's brother. You'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. It's the Lyft guys <laughs> that'll have the problem. you got to think big. And the other thing, too, Jesse, you're right about the cars. But think about where you can, where you can put this tax. What if, you, what if you're one of those guys you like kids, and you like, you got seven kids? Well, you're going to pay because those kids yeah. are omitting carbon. See, this is why it is, it is mind-boggling that the judicial Marxist mafia somehow was able to put a tax on what you exhale. Carbon dioxide is not a pollutant. If it's put into the spectrum of greenhouse gases, it's infinitesimal, infinitesimal. And if you go back 12 billion years, there was far more carbon when there was a lot less people. It's a scam, Jesse. Thank you for listening. Good luck. I hope you pick me up from the airport when I come into town. Mary Ellen, Northwest Side. Hey, Sean, just to your point about the IRS, I filed my income tax return May 14th, September 3rd. I see on the Internet because it's like, where's my check? Oh, yeah, well, it's, it's been released, but it's going to take six or eight weeks. I still don't have it. My neighbor in July got a check for 250 bucks. She's a single mom with one uh, dependent, and she says to me, what's this? 
I says, oh, yeah, that's the free money you're getting. They got their money, and we're still waiting. Yeah, we're the enemy. We're capitalists. Yeah. We're Americans. We're, we're, we didn't vote for the Democrat. This is what the government has become. It is the very same. It's all totalitarian governments. They're always going to take care of the people they think support them, and they're always going to attack the people they think oppose them. Mary Ellen, I don't know what to say to you. I'm sorry. I feel your pain. It's a shame. We're all slaves. But you have the pride of, of still being an American and still hoping that we can fight back one day. And maybe we will be. Maybe we will. Hopefully this is but a stitch in time. The problem is, Mary Ellen, these rotten Marxists aren't worth a minute of our time. Thank you very much, Mary Ellen. I appreciate it. George, in his car, seems to have gone off-grid. Hi, George. Hi, George. Oh, you know what happens when you go off-grid? Terrible cell service in the woods. Terrible. It's, uh, it's outrageous, but I wanted to uh, cover something I didn't get to cover. You know what? Do I have to go to break, Bonnie? Oh, I got to go to break. All right, listen. There's a Project Veritas video of an executive from Pfizer who is questioned about fetal material in the vaccine. I'm going to play the clip. The reason it's funny is because she had size 16 yoga pants on and tried to run away. Look like two bulldogs fighting over a grape, and it translates on sound. We'll play that clip when I get back after this. I can't believe the show's almost over. I can't believe it. There's so many things I want to talk about. Good thing there's tomorrow. All right, so the non-vaccine referred to as a vaccine. You know the one where they're ignoring the side effects. They don't want you to know how many people have died after being fully vaccinated or have gotten it again, the breakthrough cases. But they show their fear. Because the greatest thing they're afraid of is COVID after they have the vaccine. Mm -hmm. Not a vaccine at all. So they're liars. The one thing about a liar is that you can never believe them. It's like when the the hitmen are interviewed by HBO and they tell you, the first hit's the hardest. After that, you're just kind of looking to see what their outfits are. Same thing about a liar. First lie with the vaccine was the hardest. Now they're just constantly lying. So they captured a, uh, a woman who is... Where is the, uh, I had it, I had it. She is the senior director for Pfizer in their communications. And uh, her name is Vanessa Gillen. And Vanessa Gillen sent some emails. And the emails were given to Project Veritas, where you can find this video. And just to watch her run away in jogging pants is worth you logging onto YouTube and going to Project Veritas. Hey, Vanessa. Vanessa Gelman, I'm a reporter with Project Veritas. Vanessa Gelman, who works in Washington, D.C., is Senior Director of Worldwide Research. From Vanessa Gelman. From the perspective of corporate affairs, we want to avoid having the information on the fetal cell lines floating out there. We believe that the risk of communicating this right now outweighs any potential benefit that we could see, particularly with general members of the public who may take this information and use it in ways we may not want it out there. Like saying, I don't want aborted material in my body. I, I don't like the idea of it. I don't have to claim religious exemption. How about just ill? Ill. I don't want aborted things in my body. Sorry. I'm offended enough by the wretched human beings that want to kill their own kids, let alone the Dr. Frankensteins that want to make viruses and, 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 and vaccines and all kinds of nonsense out of it and then force it into my body by political freaks with receding hairlines and man vests, although they're little short women incapable of doing anything, like Lori Lightfoot. Bruce, Milwaukee. 
Hey, Sean, I just wanted to make a quick comment regarding uh, one of your previous guests that you had on about talking about this uh, gap that we have with uh, jobs out there today that are available versus um, the uh, people that are on unemployment. And I wonder if, the, if we, as a, as a study, if we just simply started a mandate of mandating people go back to work and to see what the mafia left would say about that, uh, because it's my opinion, I know all these people are sitting on the sidelines because they're just waiting for the next round of cheese. Bruce, you're 100% right. I would almost like to see it, too. It would be worth the 10 minutes until they, they said, come on, we're not going to go back to work. But um, it, And, you know, Bruce, I didn't want to correct her, but a new number came out. It's 11.3 million that aren't going. We've got over 50% of the country on some sort of welfare. Now, kids, that woman next, that, that just called her next-door neighbor didn't, didn't apply for that 250 a kid. She just gets it. And this is how you destroy a system. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the future. But you're in Milwaukee, Bruce. You're in the hub of uh, Communist Central as well. So uh, when you pick up your pizza, Serpentine as well, because their failure is the same wherever they rule. Thank you so much, Bruce, for listening and for calling. And check out Project Veritas, where you can see two bulldogs in yoga pants fight over a grape. Why did you send emails telling uh, Pfizer employees not to report that you guys were using fetal cell lining, miss? What else are you hiding from the public? Stay. Miss, what else are you hiding from the public? The public needs to know. She was surprisingly well, uh, fast we for a 185-pound woman. She broke out into a sprint. We really think that the public needs to know what about the fetal cell lining emails. And uh, We tried to get a comment. She ran. Sometimes they don't want to... Aside from it not working... It appears to have aborted fetal cells in it. No, thank you. No, thank you. How many people wouldn't have taken it had they known that? How many people wouldn't have taken it? Information is their enemy, and so is your liberty and freedom. That's why I fight for it. I'll be back in 21 hours.